VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And we thank you for joining us on Crosstalk today here on VCY America. Ladies and gentlemen, according to the results of surveys, Americans overwhelmingly believe that heaven exists, with a much smaller number believing that hell exists. Only one half of 1% believe that they're going to hell when they die, but most people believe that they're headed to heaven. Many believe that there are many paths to heaven, many paths to God. So how does this correlate with scriptures such as Matthew seven thirteen and 14 that says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Our topic today is not one of popularity. Most would rather ignore the discussion but it's one that needs addressing because one's eternal destiny is at stake. Joining us on Crosstalk, we welcome back Dr. Gary Frazier, founder and president of Discovery Missions. He's, he's a respected speaker, writer on the subject of Bible prophecy. He's the author of numerous books, some of which we've previously discussed on Crosstalk. We're here today to discuss his book, Hell is for Real, Why It Matters. Dr. Frazier, good to have you with us. Jim, it's always always a real pleasure to be with you. Thank you for having me on. Yes, your your book has been on my shelf for some time. It's been there for close to three years, but it's one of those books I wanted to review. But not until recently did I have occasion to do so. And uh, maybe it's because we're seeing so many things happen in the world today that uh, just stems the belief that the time of the Lord's return is drawing nigh. But it's it's also the sharp reality as we go through the pages of our our daily paper, Doctor Frazier, that death is certain. Every one of us is just one breath of eternity. We like the warm, fuzzy feeling of heaven is for real, but most people don't, uh, that, well, they'll put some kind of block in their mind that hell is for real. Mm-hmm. Hell is not a topic people like to talk about, is it? No, it really isn't. You know, Jim, one of the things that uh, prompted me in my spirit to write this book was, in 2011, of course, when the Heaven is for Real book first came out, followed by the movie, uh, you know, everywhere I travel across the country speaking on weekends in churches, people would come up to me and they'd say, hey, have you, have you read this book, you know? Heaven is for real, and so uh, I read it, I bought it. In fact, I read it twice because I try to make it my business to keep up with what's going on uh, in culture. And as I read it, I thought to myself, wow, uh, interesting story, but there, uh, it, there are really a lot of it really important truths that are missing from this book. Well, when the movie came out, my wife and I went and saw the movie as well. When we walked out of the movie, I told Sandra, I said, you know, I just have to write a book about this. Most of the books, Jim, that you probably know that I write, uh, really tend to be more on the subject of biblical prophecy, right. where we are in relationship to the prophetic teaching of the Word of God, the coming of Christ. And you made an interesting comment a moment ago when you talked about the fact of people dying and so forth. And the reality of it is is that I can tell every person, every one of our listeners today, that there are one of two things that's going to happen in their future. Either one, they're going to die physically, or number two, they're going to meet Jesus. Either way, they're going to meet Christ because either you die or he's coming again. Bottom line is, for those of us who are believers, we look forward to that day as we pray, even so come Lord Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, and he fulfills his promise to take us to the Father's house. However, on the other side of that, it, the equation is that the Bible's clear that there are far more people who are unbelievers than our believers. You know, Matthew 7, verse 13 and following, Jesus himself made the comment that broad is the road that leads to destruction, and most people go that way, Mm -hmm. but narrow uh, is the road that leads to eternal life, and few there are that find it. So Jesus himself contrasted the many with the few, and today what's happened is in our culture, we've kind of flipped the coin. Today we believe that virtually every person who dies actually goes to heaven. Now, we might make some uh, allowances and say, well, if a person was a rapist or if they were a mass murderer, or maybe, maybe they don't go to heaven. But when ungodly people who have no use for the truth of the Word of God could care less about church, have lived lives in contradiction to what the Bible indicates that a Christian, in, in a way that a Christian should live, they die, and yet they, people still claim that they go to heaven. So 
I've been doing some interesting research since I've actually in the aftermath of writing that book. But just recently, uh, one of my good friends, Dr. George Barna, who heads up the American Culture and Faith Institute, released uh, the most comprehensive and in-depth biblical worldview study that has ever been done. And what's interesting about that, and if you may allow me to share this, we know that according to a profile that we dealt with, over 6,000 respondents. Jim, that's a big survey, and over 40 questions. Mm -hmm. 20 of those questions dealt with belief, and 20 of them dealt with behavior. And what we learned was this, that there are, an average in America today, only 10% of people who claim to be Christians have what we would call a biblical worldview. Wow. Now, let me define what a biblical worldview is, and that is when we think something or we feel something, uh, or we say, well, I believe, you know, we bring those things to the Word of God, and we search the Scripture to find out what God has said on that subject, and then we bring our thinking or our feelings in line with what the Scripture says, and we act accordingly. Uh, you know, it's one thing to say, well, I'm a believer, and that's why we did 20 questions that had to do with belief, and then we, we kind of spread 20, sprinkled 20 different questions that dealt with behavior in there, because it's one thing to say you believe, but your behavior actually dictates what you actually believe. And so while the, the, the general mean number was, was only 10%, get this, among millennials, 18 to 30, uh, is only 4%. And then in my generation, in the 60s, uh, it's only 17%. Now, if we think about the fact that today among Christians, we know that about 60% of the people in America would say that they are, you know, quote-unquote, casual Christians. About uh, 10% would say they're, they're serious, integrated disciples of Christ, while we have 21% who say they're, they, they admit that they are skeptics, and, only, and then 9% say that they're, not, they're nunners or they have, they have no Christian faith whatsoever. So what we've seen in the last few years, Jim, and, and our listeners, if they're not you know, in tune to this, may not realize the, the, the depth of our depravity, but the truth of the matter is, we have abandoned the biblical teaching of the Word of God, yes. and we have adopted concepts, thoughts, ideas, patterns, belief systems that are in contradiction to what the Word of God clearly teaches. And, you know, what, something is either true or it is false. And anything that is partially true is 100% false. And so what we've done today is we've bought in, and, no, and, and there is no area in our culture where this is more obvious than the subject of heaven and hell. Yeah. And that's why I'm glad we're having this conversation today. Absolutely. And in your book, uh, Dr. Frazier, you actually explore the destinies of those who know Christ as Savior and those who rejected him, uh, the believer, the unbeliever. As a matter of fact, you introduce us to two generations of a fictional <laughs> family called the Rhodes family. Uh, give that's us a, right. a, a brief overview of that. Well, I wanted to write this book with, with a little bit of a... Uh, you know, of a fictional element as well, just to kind of carry a storyline with it so that people might be a little more engaged than they might be otherwise. But the Rhodes family just gives us an illustration, if you will, of two different mindsets, two different lifestyles, two different patterns. People uh, within the same family who actually do have a viable faith that results in action, uh, as in the wife, and then a casual, flippant, disengaged, uninterested uh, person who yet still thinks they're going to heaven with regard, and the character in that, of course, is the husband, the son, what happens to him through all this process, because the truth of the matter is, is that I am greatly concerned as a minister of the gospel that Satan's greatest hurdle uh, has been if he can just simply do away with the idea of ultimate judgment uh, and condemnation by holy God, then he's got it made, because that would be the greatest deception of all times. And sadly, what's happened is, in the last few decades, is that according to surveys that you mentioned in the beginning of the program, today we have this overwhelming majority of people who actually do say they believe in some type of ethereal existence, uh, heaven, if you please, some don't call it that, but whatever paradise, you name, call it whatever you will. But at the same time, they ver they reject the idea that there will be a day of judgment. And by the way, 
one of the things that we see happening in our culture today, Jim, and I think all of our listeners can relate to this, we're seeing, you know, in the streets of our cities in America, this anarchy, if you please, rebellion against any form of authority. And people are, and we're watching what's happening on university campuses across this country where freedom of speech is being denied and people are being violent and, uh, and so forth. And then we're saying to ourselves, what in the world is going on? Why is this happening? And yet, you know, you, when you go all the way back and trace this, over time we look at the fact that it all started at a trial in 1925 in, in Tennessee hmm. when uh, we threw out the idea that there's a creator, and we adopted a religion known as secular humanism, but basically today we know it best by the term evolution. And, and one of the things that happened as a result of that, Jim, as we fast forward down through time, is that we've basically put man as the center of our culture, our universe, and our lives, and what he thinks, and we've disposed of God. And one of the main things we've done is we've negated the idea that one day we will give an account, of, account to a creator for what we've done. And as a result of that, now we see what Proverbs says when the Bible says every man doing that which is right in his own eyes. In other words, every person becomes their own God, and no one has the right to tell anyone anything. They can choose for themselves. And they and what we're seeing now in our streets and our culture is the acting out of generations of young people who have been taught that there will never be a day of accountability. They're only a product of primordial slime over hundreds of millions of years. And so they don't have to worry about it. They can do anything they want, and they'll never give an accountability for that. That stands in stark contrast to the teaching of the truthful Word of God. And it's important that we look at the truthful Word of God, because many people will say, well, God is love, so therefore, if God is love, why would a loving God send people to hell? Or they'll ask the question, Dr. Frazier, if God is really a God of love, why would he even create such a place called hell? Well, isn't it interesting, too, that, that, and this is what's shocking to a lot of people, Jesus spent more time in his ministry, in his short three-and-a-half-year ministry, talking about hell than he did any other subject with the exception of salvation. Mm. Now, 13% of, of everything that Jesus uttered had to do with judgment and hell. Now, why is that? Well, the reason is, is because God did create a perfect a world, and he put a man and a woman in it, but sin came into the world. And the result of that is that all of us are in Adam, and in that sense, we all are created, and we're all born, that is, with a bent towards sin, a sinful nature. When I say a bent towards sin, I prefer to use the word rebellion, because basically that's what we do. We rebel against the authority of the Creator who loves us, and that does not negate the fact that He loves us, because He does love His creation. But here's the thing that many people miss. Christ and God, one and the same, by the way, Jesus was the God-man who came to reveal the Father to us in the flesh. God himself never sends a person to hell. You see, that in and of itself is a satanic lie that has been perpetrated on humanity. God doesn't send anyone to hell. Here's the key. We are born with, as, as free moral agents, and we get to choose. The only people to go to hell are those who choose to reject Christ. We'll pick up on that after our break. Dr. Gary Frazier with us today, author of the book, Hell is for Real, Why It Matters. What about this concept that comes from the skeptic today, saying that uh, a loving God would never send anyone to hell? Well, we're in the midst of discussing that point. When we come back, this is Crosstalk on VCY America. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist and creation researcher with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, is any progress being made in cloning attempts? Chris, there is a lot of work in cloning going on these days, but all is not so rosy in clone land. Often when clones are born, they exhibit diseases which normally are restricted to older specimens. For instance, Dolly the sheep, the first mammal cloned, died of old age about the same time as her mother died of old age. Recently, four cloned pigs all died of old-age-related diseases within six months of being born. This should make us stop and think before cloning humans. Are we going to have elderly babies? It's not really known yet. There are a lot of good reasons not to go ahead with human cloning. This is just one of them. It's best to go back to Genesis and recognize that humans are created in the image of God and therefore deserve protection. Visit our website at www.icr.org. 
Friends, a topic is not a popular one, but needs to be discussed. Hell is for real, why it matters. Dr. Gary Frazier is our guest today. And uh, Dr. Frazier, we were just talking about this this uh, concept that some people have, that a loving God would not send people to hell or even create such a, a place called hell. And you just said before the break that God himself never sends a person there. Let's Let's finish out that discussion. Sure, Jim. Well, here's one of the things the devil's done in, 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 with, with attacking the, the, the lovingness of a, of a holy God and trying to paint God uh, as something that he is not, some big, horrible, terrible, mean deity who would, you know, seek to punish people because they didn't necessarily do what he wanted them to do. Nothing could be farther from the truth. God loves each and every one of us, and he proved that love by, by sending Jesus Christ in the world to give his life uh, for each of us to be able to do for us what we could never do for ourselves, to be reconciled to a God through a, re- a relationship with Christ. And, and, and yet the bottom line is this. When we were created, we were all created with the freedom of choice. We get to choose, every one of us. We're not robots. God gave us a free will. And so I get to make about 35,000, if you can believe this, according to a recent survey, about 35,000 decisions are made by the average person every single day. Now, that sounds like an overwhelming number, but if you just think about the number of decisions that we make, it's, it's mind-boggling, and we do that every single day. And so the truth of the matter is, as free moral agents, we get to choose. So I have an opportunity and a privilege to choose to accept what the Word of God teaches, or I can choose what man tells me. And so man comes along, and we'll, we'll also not only throw man, but we'll throw uh, Satan in there, for he is a real creature, created an, originally to dwell with God in heaven, but because of his own rebellion, was cast out of heaven, down to the earth. And today the Bible tells us that Satan is roaming about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And he preys on those who are religious, but without a relationship. What I mean by that is people who try to be good, and certainly being good is a wonderful and admirable thing, but that is not the road that leads to heaven. That's the broad road that ultimately leads to destruction. The reason for that is the Bible's clear, that we are not saved by our works. <clears throat> the Bible says that for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. In other words, the created can never say to the Creator, uh, I have earned my standing before you. The reason for that is God's standard is absolute, complete perfection mm-hmm. without sin, and we all have sin. So Satan comes along and he prays on that. And he says, "Yeah, but you're you're pretty good. I mean, you know, just look at look at this person or that person. You're you're really better than they are." And we understand that. So ultimately, we end up choosing though that we will reject the truth of the Word of God. You know, isn't it interesting that when Jesus Himself, uh, Jim, stood before Pontius Pilate, who had the authority to either free him or to condemn him to death on the cross, Pilate himself said and asked this question, what is truth? You know, 2,000 years later, Jim, people are still asking the same question. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yet the only source of truth is the inerrant, infallible Word of God. Amen. Only God's Word is true. And that's why Paul would say, let God be true and every man a liar in the book of Romans. Because what happens is... Our flesh will lie to us. Our flesh says, give me what I want. And God says, but here's a, here's a standard over here that I, would, that I want you to, to strive to once we come to know him. But it all begins with accepting the definite article, the truth. And, just why, and that's why Jesus said in John 14, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In other words, without a relationship with Christ, and this is going to make some of our listeners uh, a little upset with me, probably, but hopefully and prayerfully they'll get over it. The truth of the matter is, is that we are not really capable of receiving and recognizing and responding to truth uh, apart from God, apart from Jesus Christ, and apart from the Word. Now, here's here's the scary part: if we don't know the Word of God, it is very difficult to know truth. Now, God will give us truth; He'll give us light, enough light to make a decision. Because there's a point in time when God draws all of us to himself. John 6, 44 is very clear about this. Jesus said, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. So a man, every man, woman, boy, and girl at some point in time will be drawn to come to Christ. 
But for those who do not, the truth is they choose the broad road that leads to destruction. So here's, here's the quick summary statement, and that is this. More people today and throughout all of time will, they have and they will die and be separated from God in a place called hell than will ever give their lives to Christ and spend eternity with him. That's the staggering truth. And that's what motivates those of us who know the Word of God, who love people, who, and we just want them to know the truth. We want them to know that they can, can, have, can have this wonderful relationship with Jesus Christ and have the promise of God, because we're all going to perish one day if Jesus tarries. We're going to die. I mean, this is a 100% deal. Scripture, so yeah, absolutely. And Scripture says our life is but a vapor. It's here for a time exactly. and vanishes away. Let's let's talk about, uh, and you get into your book, um, the source of truth, of course, is the Bible. What does the Bible say hell is like? Well, you know, it's interesting in describing hell, Jesus, of course, used a number of different uh, metaphors. And I think it's really important for us to realize that hell is mentioned 32 times in the Old Testament. The word Gehenna or the word Hades, those words translate to hell. But 32 times in the Old Testament, these are mentioned. 22 times in the New Testament, so a total of 54 times, God, either in the Old and or the New Testament, mentions hell. Jesus calls it, or speaks of it in Matthew 5.21, speaks of the fire of hell. Now here's a, here's a metaphor. Now where would that idea come from? Well, for those who have visited the city of Jerusalem, you would know that on the southern end of the city there is a gate called the Dung Gate. And the Dung Gate was the gate when the citizens of Jerusalem would take their garbage and they would dump it out the Dung Gate into what was called uh, the Valley of Gehenna. And in Gehenna, in, the, in that particular valley, they would see that a fire burned all the time, nonstop, 24-7. There was always a fire burning in that valley. And uh, the winds would come along from west to east and carry that stench out into the Judean wilderness. But the bottom line is, Jesus himself, as he walked along the edge of that valley, on no doubt on numerous occasions, used the visual as a teaching aid. And he would point out the fact that as this fire never goes out, as the worms there never die, that's what will happen to those who reject the truth. In other words, they will ultimately one day be separated in a place of fire. Now, the Bible also refers to eternal punishment on numerous occasions, eternal damnation and so forth. It refers to being tormented forever. It also refers to the lake of fire over in the book of Revelation chapter 20, the lake of burning sulfur and so forth. So these are metaphors. And, you know, one day many years ago, someone, uh, I'm no doubt a skeptic, asked, uh, the great evangelist, uh, Dr. Billy Graham, and said to him, Dr. Graham, do you really believe that uh, hell is a place of fire? And he said, well, you know, when Jesus uses a metaphor to, uh, with regard as a descriptive term to, to speak of something, typically the reality is far worse than the metaphor. And I will tell you that I, as a former pastor, I've dealt with people who have been burned over large portions of their body. And I will tell you that people who have experienced that kind of pain simply will tell you there's nothing in the world like it when you feel as though your body has been consuming, mm -hmm. being consumed with this kind of pain that every nerve ending in your body is screaming out. And as you know about the only way that they can be relieved is someone has to give them an injection of morphine uh, to, to just virtually put them out. And, and I will tell you, when I think about the fact that Jesus mentions this over and over and over again, it, it's a sobering a heartbreaking thing to realize that, that, that the multitude of people will choose just for the temporary, for something temporary, some type of temporal fulfillment, be it sex, drugs, money, whatever the case might be that becomes so, so important to them that they say no to God, to think that they would choose something that is temporary for something as opposed to something that will be eternal. Jim, here's what, here's what our listeners need to understand. We're never going to die. Now, physically, the body will wear out, and we will pass from the existence that we know at this moment. But our spirit within us that is created for eternity, we will live forever, and we will exist forever, either with God or separated from God. Mm -hmm. 
And I will tell you, the separation is a frightful thing for me to think about, and it should be for each and every person. And, and, and yet today, you never hardly hear about this in any, from any pulpit in any church. Yeah, and, and Dr. Frazier, I, I just want to get a point of clarification so that the, the listeners are not left confused, and that is, though the, the picture or the metaphor is there, the dung gate and the garbage burning and so, far, so forth, hell itself is not a metaphor. I mean, there is no, the, a absolutely. real, real place called hell that is the one of, of destruction, of, of suffering, of, of separation, and of great sorrow. It is, and thanks for clarifying that. That's why the book is entitled Hell is for Real, right. because it is not a metaphor, and I will tell you that it's disconcerting to me, as it is to you, uh, who, to hear a preacher or someone try to get up <clears throat> and to marginalize uh, the, the very idea of hell. For example, someone might try to say, as I've read on a number of occasions, that, that hell is, is, is what we experience in this lifetime, you know, mm-hmm. that this is all there is. And, of course, the idea there is that when uh, a person dies, it's over with, that, that there is no uh, eternity. And so the concept there is, well, when you have sadness and sorrow and bad things happen in, in this life, we, well, you're, you're experiencing hell. no. You're experiencing a terrible mishap, a terrible thing perhaps in your life that brings sorrow and sadness and many occasions pain and so forth. But that's a far cry from, from, a, from the eternal separation from a holy God in a place called hell. And it is for real. And here's the other thing, Jim, and isn't it interesting that most people will give acceptance to the idea of heaven as being a place and yet they will try to deny that hell is a place. Right. Let me tell you, if heaven is real, and it is, so is hell. Yeah. You mentioned that hell is not only a place of suffering and separation, but of sorrow. Tell us about that sorrow. Well, you know, the, you know when we want to find out, you know, with clarity uh, about any issue of life, the first thing we want to do is we want to go to the Word of God. And the question should always be, you know, does the Bible speak to this issue? And, uh, of course, Jesus, uh, in his three-and-a-half-year ministry, taught so many things, did so many miracles. In fact, just in my own personal devotional time yesterday morning, I was reading John 20. He talked about all the, the things that Jesus did that could not even be recorded in this book, but the things that he did that are recorded are there so that you might believe, that you might know him. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that Jesus did was, is recorded over in Luke's Gospel in the 16th chapter, we have the most complete and comprehensive teaching concerning hell to be found in the Bible. And uh, so what we have is a, a story. This is not a parable because it uses the name of a, <clears throat> of a real person. And we're told that there was a rich man who was dressed in purple fine linen, lived in luxury every day, and at his gate was uh, laid a beggar by the name of Lazarus. And so this is what mean, why, it's, why we know it's a true story. It's about a man named Lazarus who is uh, who's, who's, uh, who's covered with sores, and he was obviously a beggar because the Bible says that he longed to eat from the rich man's table. And so uh, we'll pick this story up, then we come back from the break. From Luke chapter 16, and uh, folks, also after the break, we'll tell you how you can obtain a copy of the book, Hell is for Real, Why It Matters. We'll be back in just one minute. This is Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. The Bible follows the rise and fall of kingdoms and governments, covers millennia of ancient history, and reveals God's plan for humanity through powerful accounts that still speak to us today. In the hardcover book, Charting the Bible Chronologically, authors Tommy Ice and Ed Heinsohn have teamed up to provide readers a panoramic view of the events recorded in Scripture, all laid out in chronological order. This book takes you from the words, In the Beginning, all the way to the New Jerusalem. With 40-plus full-color charts, you will see timelines of biblical history, pre-flood genealogy, Israel, the life of Christ, and a master fold-out chart of the entire Bible. This is a vital resource for new believers and Bible scholars alike, providing a visual guide to God's unfolding plan. Charting the Bible Chronologically is available for a donation of $25 or more to VCY. Call 1-800-729-9829. 1-800-729-9829.
This is Crosstalk on VCY America. Dr. Gary Frazier back with us today here on Crosstalk. His book, Hell is for Real, Why It Matters. And, uh, yeah, folks, you're going to discover through the book the uh, the. the destinies of mankind. It's either that of of uh, heaven forever with the Lord or forever separated from the Lord in a place of eternal torment um, uh, called hell. And uh, it is it is a reality. As scripture tells us, whoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. There is a, a, a time of judgment that is coming forth. And so the book is one there that certainly will open the eyes of the reader into the destinies that are before us here. But also, uh, you're going to learn information in this book is that uh, you see the contrast be- between what happens to the believer and the unbeliever. You'll learn about the rapture. You'll learn uh, uh, the, the Antichrist is mentioned in the book and, and even his popularity, the, uh, the whole, the, the, the reign, the revolt, the renew word, uh, renewed world in here as well. We are making the book available. Our way of saying thank you for your support of $15 or more to Crosstalk. The book is Hell is for Real. If you'd like a second copy so that you can share it with a, a friend, a loved one, we're making two copies available of the book for a donation of just $25. It's available online at vcyamerica.org. That's one copy of donation of 15 two copies of donation of $25 at vcyamerica.org, or you may call right now at 800 800- 729-9829. That's 800-729-9829. Ask for the book, Hell is for Real. It's one that demands soul-searching. If you're one that's just kind of been going lackadaisical through life, saying God's just a loving God, and, and he's not sending anyone to hell, folks, look, read the book and hear as it compares, uh, as, as, as it takes you to the truth of what God has said in his word on this topic. Again, our number, 800-729-9829. Dr. Frazier, we were involved in Luke chapter 16 to talk about the realities of hell through uh, that which the Lord Jesus spoke himself. Yeah, Jesus was contrasting this rich man who dies and, and, and goes to hell with a poor beggar uh, by the name of Lazarus. And what happens here, and it's, I guess this is, I said a moment ago, the most descriptive, comprehensive uh, teaching that Jesus did in one particular place, but it says that Lazarus died, and he was transported to Abraham's side. But then it goes on to say that the rich man also died and was buried, and in hell, where he was in torment. So let me, let me give our listeners four things very quickly about Luke chapter 16, because this is extremely important. Because God tells us there are going to be four things that will happen to every person in hell. First of all, there's going to be suffering. And over and over again in this passage, the Bible's clear that hell is a real place. In hell, the Bible says, he lifted up his eyes. In hell, there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. So this is a place where there is suffering. In fact, the Bible mentions here that they, this, this rich man cried out to Father Abraham and said, please send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm in agony in this fire. And so there's suffering. But then secondly, let me tell you that there's separation. Because in verse 26 of this, it says that it's not possible for Abraham to send Lazarus to do this. Abraham says there is a great chasm or a gulf that has been fixed so that those who would want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. So there's this separation between God and between lost humanity. And, you know, one of the things that I'm always hearing people say is, well, one of these days I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die and go to hell. Me and my buddies are all going to have a party. Listen, there's not going to be any partying going on in hell. There's going to be separation, isolation, and so forth. But thirdly... And, and I'm gonna, let me, let me, let me yeah. just interrupt you right yeah. there, because I have a 41-second clip from Ted Turner, and I believe he accentuates that very aspect. We're going to have Perfect. you continue with that third point, but let's listen to what he had to say on this topic. I'd like yes. to see a religion where everybody was good, you know, I mean, not just the members of that set. I mean, I'm sick of it. Heaven's going to be a mighty slender place. Uh, and, and, and most of the people I know and like aren't going to be there. A few notable exceptions, and I'll miss them. But I, it, remember, <laughs> heaven is going to be perfect, and I don't really want to be there. I'd like to, those of us that go to hell, and it'll be most of us in this room, most of the journalists are certainly going there. Anyway, they're not that religious because they know too much. But... 
But when we, uh, when we get there, we'll have a chance to, to, to make things better because hell's supposed to be a mess and heaven's perfect. Who wants to go to a place that's perfect? I mean, boring, boring. <laughs> Dr. Frazier, a real mocking. Boy, gosh. Oh, just to even hear that type of uh, <clears throat> mocking just breaks your heart to listen to someone who is so clearly out of touch with the truth of what actually happens. Isn't it interesting? He said, "Well, those, those the journalists don't, you know, don't believe it because they know too much." Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a what a joke! The truth yeah. of the matter is, is it goes back to what we mentioned earlier about truth. The great truth is simply this: that most people will end up going to hell, thinking that that they will be there'll be a party there. But but let me also add this: I've been in the presence, uh, Jim, of many people who have stepped from this life into eternity at that moment of death that came. And I will tell you that believers die vastly different than unbelievers. When unbelievers, if they have the opportunity, as they're lying on a hospital bed prepping for death at any time, I will tell you, there is stark fear in their life. They are frightened. Because I will tell you, the old saying goes, there's no atheist in foxholes. That is very, very true. You can stand up. Someone like Ted Turner can stand up and shoot his mouth off and make all these kinds of funny statements or seem to be funny to the people listening to him. But I will tell you, in that moment in time when a person is gasping for their last breath and they know that in a few moments they're going to step into eternity, I will tell you that they know they are about to meet God. And they are terrified. I've seen it over and over and over again. But I've also had the privilege of being at the deathbed of many faithful saints of God who simply stepped into eternity with a calm assurance that God is the keeper of his promises. You know, I'll tell you a quick story that in 1995 I'd preached on Sunday morning and had a, after the service and lunch with the pastor and his wife were sitting at my home and, and it felt like an elephant jumped in the middle of my chest and I was rushed to the, the emergency room here in Texas in Arlington, a suburb of Dallas. And as I lay on that gurney, the doctor was saying, you know, you're, you're in the midst of a heart attack and so forth and so on. Jim, I have to tell you, and I know this is test- the testimony of millions of, of other people as well, I had a perfect calm peace mm-hmm. as I laid there on that bed. And, and I just basically said, Lord, if you're ready to take me home, I'm ready to go. And I will tell you, I had this calm. The, the, I think the doctor yeah. even you know, mentioned or commented about that. But I was perfectly at peace with that because I know, as Paul said, I know whom I have believed in and persuaded he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him, i.e. my life, against that day. And as I laid there, I just thanked the Lord for the joy of having a relationship with him and the calm assurance of knowing that the Creator keeps his promise, and Jesus proved it over and over Amen. and over again. And one day, I was, I'm going to be with him, and it didn't matter to me if it was that day or not that day. Amen. Now, the truth is, unbelievers don't die like that. Yeah. And so it's a scary thing to me to think about how people are so cavalier about eternity. But I will say again, in the quietness of that moment, they have been lying. They are terrified. And, and, and they might laugh and say, we're going to party in hell. No, they're not. But because there's something else in hell that I think need, about hell that we all mentioned real quickly, and that is that there's not just sorrow in verse 27 over the way they've lived their lives and so forth and so on. But there is something I call remembrance, because what that rich man says, he says, Father Abraham, please, I have five brothers. Please send them uh, to my father's house and warn them so that they will not come to this place of torment. You know, the truth of the matter is, is that one day every person in hell will think about for all of eternity, every time anyone ever talked to them about Jesus Christ, Anytime they heard a gospel song or heard the Word of God on television or, uh, or radio, rather, or watched it on TV, all of that's going to be filling their mind and heart, and the cry of the lost will always be, why didn't I choose Christ? Why? Why did I make this decision? But what happened was, was that when that rich man begged Abraham to send someone to his house, Abraham said, no, we'll not do that, and I'm paraphrasing here, because they have the, the prophets, and if they don't believe them, and here's the important part, even if someone came back from the dead, they still would not believe. Now, that's a very powerful statement today in light of the fact that we have people who claim that they have been to hell and that they've come back to tell the story. Hmm. 
The Word of God contradicts that. It says even if someone came back from the dead, they would not believe. Right. And right. so uh, this subject is one that we've tried to talk about here rather brief, briefly, that's, that uh, where there's a lot of great, you know, obviously biblical information and detail to be discussed. But I tell you, uh, the hour is late, and people need to wake up. Amen. And folks, again, let me quickly mention. Um, uh, let me mention a couple of things. First of all, let's open our phone lines. Our number eight hundred seven three three nine eight two nine eight hundred seven three three nine eight two nine to speak with our guest today, Dr. Gary Frazier. If you'd like to obtain a copy of the book, and I, again, friends, as, as Dr. Frazier mentioned, we've scratched the surface. There's much more in the book on this issue, and when we talk about the suffering, the separation the sorrow and the remembrance uh, it's a book that is uh, one that not only you need to read yourself but you can share with others as well we're making one copy available for donation of fifteen dollars uh, two copies available donation our way of saying thank you for your support of twenty five dollars or more to crosstalk it's available right now at vcyamerica.org vcyamerica.org or by calling our switchboard at 800-729-9829 ask for the book Hell is for real. That's 800-729-9829. Again, to speak with our guest today, our number 800-733-9829. Let's begin in Miami, Florida. And uh, Courtney, you're on the air. Hello, Courtney. Okay, let's go to Mark and Monroe. Mark, you're on the air. Okay, um, this this is my comment about the whole um, scenario here. to the here and now people, uh, I would say uh, be careful what you wish for, um, you know, especially those who want uh, separation of church and state. Um, when all said and done, they're going to wish they weren't in that scenario, just as you already uh, made mention of the rich man and Lazarus, um, you know, when it was, you know, now it's final, and that's it, you know, what's done is done. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you mentioned about, you know, um, as far as uh, if somebody came back from the dead, uh, the other Lazarus that uh, Jesus raised from the dead was somebody that came back from the dead. And the only thing they wanted to do about him is kill him again so mm-hmm. his testimony wouldn't validate uh, uh, Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's my comment. Great. Thank you so much, Mark. Any response, Dr. Frazier? Uh, no, I think Mark just was kind of sharing what was on his mind. No problem yeah. at all. Thank you, Mark. Okay, uh, Florida. Being one thing that you that you have done that gives you the right to go to heaven. By grace, you're saved, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Only by yeah. grace. Amen. Yeah. Thank you that's so much. A, and, that's, and that's what and that's exactly what the Word of God says. For mm-hmm. by grace you're saved through faith, not of yourselves. That's it. Gift of God. It's not of works, uh-huh. not of merit, lest we could boast of that merit itself. Well, you know, well, you know, Jim. Just to, to reaffirm this, you know, if there was something that you or I or any person could do that could earn standing with God, then Jesus would have never died on the cross. Right. Right. His death would have been, you know, without necessity. And yet, the Father loved us so much that He allowed Christ to die, knowing that without that, there would be no way that a sinful person could be reconciled to a holy God. We'll pick up more calls on the other side of the break. Dr. Gary Frazier is our guest today. The book, Hell is for Real, Why It Matters. We'll be back in one minute. You're listening to Crosstalk. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. We now have on video Patricia Kalours, one of the three founders of the Black Lives Matter movement, declaring, quote, we are Marxist trained, end quote, as if there was any doubt. Yet, sadly, new surveys reveal 63% of Americans respect the Black Lives Matter movement. Did you know that Eric Mann, formerly with the Weather Underground, spent a decade mentoring Patricia Kalours? Well, what did he stand for? All we have to do is look to the 1974 political manifesto of the Weather Underground to find out. Quote, our final goal is the destruction of imperialism, the seizures of power, and the creation of socialism. End quote. By imperialism, he means the free market system. They go on to talk about using racism, black liberation movement, to seize control of America. Nothing is new under the sun. 
for listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Dr. Gary Frazier is our guest today. The book, Hell is for Real, Why It Matters. Right back to the phone lines. John is our next caller in Walworth, Wisconsin. And, uh, John, you're on the air. Yes. Um, I, I believe that there is a hell, but I do not believe that it's eternal. And when it talks about, uh, in the Gospels, Jesus talks about if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. He says if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Now, these are, we know, figures of speeches. We're not really meant to mm-hmm. do that when we sin. And likewise, uh, when Jesus says that uh, you're going to hell, I believe that's a figure of speech. Okay, let's have our guest respond okay, to that. Well, first of all, John, if you listened in the earlier part of the segment, we talked about taking what we think or what we feel or what we believe and finding out what the Word of God has to say. Now, you mentioned hyperbole when Jesus spoke about plucking out your eye, cutting your hand off. Everyone understood in the context of that that he didn't actually mean to do that. However, the same Bible that teaches that also speaks in Revelation chapter 20, verse 10, and it says that the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Hell is not a temporary place. It is eternal. That's why Jesus himself makes the statement of, and, re, and refers to eternal punishment in Matthew chapter 25, verse 46. So the same passage that you're talking about, where Jesus is in talking about the cutting your you know, uh, hand off and you're plucking your eye out and so forth, in the same context, the same book, the same speaker speaks of eternal punishment. So I would just encourage you, uh, John, to not uh, develop an idea or an opinion or philosophy that stands in stark contrast to the Word of God. Whether someone has told you that or whether it's just something that you thought up on your own, it stands in contrast to the truth of the Word of God. Thank you, John. Thanks for your call. Jackie is next in Mobile, Alabama. Jackie, you're on the air. I wonder if there's scripture to support that you can pray someone out of hell. Jackie, let me tell you, there is no scripture that can support that because... A person chooses their own destiny. No other person influences it one way or the other. In other words, I can't do anything. I can't light candles. I can't pray. I can't move a person from one place to another. That is in stark contradiction, once again, to the clear teaching of the Word of God. So good question and good comment. Just remember, it's a choice we make, and once we make that choice in this lifetime, and this lifetime comes to an end, that choice has been made for all of eternity. And that's why I like to remind people, eternity is too long to be wrong. Eternity is too long to be wrong. Choose wisely. Thank Thank, you for your call. Thank you, Jackie. And I wish we had time for follow-up with everyone, but we don't. We're limited in time. We'll try and take as many calls as we can. Port Charlotte, Florida. Tom, you're on the air. Yes. Uh, my comment is that there is a hell, that is true, but God is a loving God, and he's not going to torment anyone forever. That is, that is not what the Bible says. What, what, the Bible, what, what, listen, listen to what I have to say for just a moment now. The, the Bible makes it clear in several places that we are burned up until we're totally destroyed. It says, it, it says I, I know what it says in terms of the... It, 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 give us a reference, Tom. Tom, 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 give us a reference. Tom, give us a reference, please. Give us a reference, please, Tom. Uh, I, my, I've been looking for it, and I can't find it right at the moment. Okay, Tom, Dr. that's because it's not there. I'm sorry that you, you've, someone has told you that, or you've heard someone, or maybe you've read a book about that. You're not going to find that in the Bible. It does not exist in Scripture. I'm sorry to tell you. But one of the things that you have to realize, yes, God is a loving God, but God, and that's part of the reason that God gives us a choice. We get to choose. I want to come back to that. But when we choose, then that is the consequence, and God makes it clear in the world. There's no secret here. The Word of God is very clear. This, these are your two choices. And so, once again, I want to challenge you to bring your thinking in line with what the Word of God says 
not what you may think or feel or what someone else has to say. Thank you, Tom, for the call. Joan is next in Florida. You're on the air, Joan. Hello, Joan. Hello? You're on the air. Okay. Joan, please, you're on the air. Hello? Hello? Okay, let's go to Trevor in Glover, Wisconsin. You're on the air, Trevor. Hi. Um, I wanted to first say thank you guys for being on the air. Um, you helped me out a lot. And um, my question is today, I've, I've given my life to, well, I don't want to say given my life because I'm not living the way I'm supposed to, but I've trusted in Jesus to be my Savior, that to take away my sins, but I keep doing the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Would I go to hell? Thank you for your call. We have about 90 seconds, uh, Dr. Frazier. Trevor, first of all, the clear teaching of the Word of God is that God saves us from our sin, and Paul relates this in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, when he gives a list of things and says uh, adulterers, liars, homosexuals, he goes through a list of people and he says that will not go to heaven. But Paul says, of such were some of you. That's past tense. But here's the key. The direction of our life, in other words, we give our life to Christ, we don't become perfect, we get forgiven. In the process of that, we begin this journey of growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ with the, with the daily goal of becoming more like Him with each passing day. We all continue to struggle and will continue to struggle with things in our life until the day we are with Christ and become like Him, Paul tells us in 1 John 2. But it, the, the, the path of your life, and here's the, here's the test, if you were arrested today for being a Christian, is there enough evidence to convince, to convict you? And if you can answer yes to that, well then, you know, I'm not, I, I can't obviously tell you yes or no, but I can only tell you the truth of what the Word of God says. And frankly, you know in the privacy of your own heart if you have a, a vital living relationship with Jesus or not. Let me tell you, he talks to me, I talk to him, I read the Word of God, he speaks to my heart, my passion is to live for him, I know him. And I pray that you will come to that, if you're not there, that you will come to that same realization. Dr. Gary Frazier has been our guest, and I'm sorry we're out of time. We could do uh, another whole hour of just calls here, but uh, time has run its course. Uh, So many more answers are coming from the book, Hell is for Real, Why It Matters. You can call our switchboard here at 800-729-9829. Dr. Frazier, thank you for for being with us and talking about a, a topic that's not popular, but one we need to hear. You bet. Thank you, Jim. And uh, friends, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from VCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk.